Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How bad is the COVID vaccine? How bad is it really? I'm going to put it into some historical context for you that will probably blow your mind. Also, Pat, how historically bad is the Biden crime family defense of their um, loving actions? We're going to discuss that. Plus, we've got our Big Ten and NFL picks coming your way right here, Thursday, October 5th, year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oney, and you're tuned in to Critical Thinking. Yes, indeed. It is a Thursday. We have a ton to get to. Pat, do you want to deal with the Biden crime family first or um, the misery and mistake that was the COVID vaccine? Neither of which are a good option. I don't know why you're asking. Okay, so let's deal with the COVID vaccine up front. Okay. Um. So... How are we going to measure its historically, or it, it, not not its historically, but in history? One great way to know its efficacy is by adverse effects, right? When when you've got massive adverse effects, that's probably bad for your shot, right? When people probably. are uh, dropping dead. Uh, when people have life-altering issues, right? I can think back to swine flu. I can think back to rotavirus, right? And the swine flu vaccine pulled off the shelves, right? Yeah. Like super quick, right? Okay. Well, <clears throat> serious adverse events of special interest following mRNA COVID-19 vaccination in randomized trials in adults. Landmark paper shows that the COVID vaccine has a 1 in 800 severe, not just, uh, I got the sniffles, severe, meaning likely to have been hospitalized, adverse event rate. 
One in 800. Is that bad, Is that Pat? bad? Well, I'm going to give you some context. We mentioned rotavirus, Ooh. right? I mentioned swine flu. Rotavirus, that vaccine, pulled from the market for a 1 in 10,000 adverse events. Hmm. Swine flu, pulled for 1 in 100,000 severe adverse events. Mm-hmm. 1 in 800, greater or less than 1 in 100,000. See, uh, my math says uh, less than. Okay, by a lot. Um, would that also then be less than one in ten thousand? Yes, by about ninety two hundred. Yes. Uh, oh, Ginger can do mental math. <laughs> um, yeah, that'd be bad. That'd be really, really bad. So I thought to myself, okay, those numbers. What? What? But listen. To the results, okay? Listen to this from the abstract of the study because I do not want to go super in the weeds because it gets super scientific, technical, and that's not my area of expertise. My area of expertise is data analysis. So Pfizer and Moderna mRNA COVID-19 vaccines were associated with an excess risk of serious adverse events of special interest of 10.1 and 15.1 per 10,000 vaccinated over placebo baselines of 17.6 and 42.2, respectively. Combined, the mRNA vaccines were associated with an excess risk of serious adverse events of special interest of 12.5 per 10,000 vaccinated a risk ratio of 1.43. The Pfizer trial exhibited a 36% higher risk of serious adverse events in the vaccine group. 36% chance. A 36% increase in your risk of serious adverse events. Now, again, I mentioned what a serious adverse event was up front, but Pat, why don't you let the fine folks watching on rumble.com backslash critical thinking or listening because they were smart. They subscribed, they downloaded, they rated, and they reviewed the podcast. Why don't you let all of them know what a severe adverse event is? Uh, a, a severe adverse event would be something that would cause uh, great complications up and including uh, death. Yeah, A severe, a, to be categorized as a severe adverse event, you would have had to have had contact with the hospital system some way, yeah, somehow, yeah. okay? Mm -hmm. Whether that was an ambulance ride, whether that was going to the clinic, whatever it might be, okay? Mm -hmm. The Pfizer trial, again, exhibited a 36% higher risk of serious adverse events in the vaccine group, a risk difference of 18.0 per 10,000 vaccinated, a risk ratio of 1.36, the Moderna trial exhibited just a 6% higher risk of serious adverse events in the vaccine group. Combined, there was a 16% higher risk of serious adverse events in mRNA vaccine recipients versus not getting it. Now, that doesn't mean 
a 36% higher risk doesn't mean that you are 36% more likely. It means you have increased your risk. If you were, let's say, to get COVID, you are increasing your risk of having an adverse event versus a placebo group. The chances of you getting it are increased by 36%. And by the way, Moderna's shot here in the United States is a pit, small, piddly drop in the pool compared to the Pfizer shot. Thanks to Mr. Pfizer now, especially, right? Yeah, See that yes. this week, by the way? Aaron Rodgers went on the uh, Pat McAfee oh, yeah. show and called yes. uh, Travis Kelsey Mr. Pfizer. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. That was brilliant, by the way. I, I, I enjoyed that a lot. Oh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers has a very good sense of humor. But, y- yes, um, he does. But, folks, 36, 36% higher risk. This is, I'll put it this way for those who can't put their mind around this concept. Do you or do you not increase your risk the faster your car goes over the speed limit of a significant injury, a massive crash, all that stuff, right? Yes, you do. Um, Does that mean you will crash the car? Does that mean you will have a bad accident? Does that mean blah, blah, blah? No. No, it does not. But for every, another example, why my grandfather, uh, a captain in the sheriff's department where I grew up, always had a hard and fast rule. Nothing good ever happens after midnight. Why? Because you've increased your risk factors of the people around you, um, the people traveling the roads with you, all of that sort of stuff. Likely a lot more drunk drivers. Likely a lot. You have increased your risk potential. This is bad. Yet, here we are with a with Mr. Pfizer out there on every NFL game pimping getting your vaccine and double jabbing yourself with the flu vaccine and the COVID vaccine. Our government, one in an 800 chance of a severe adverse reaction. That is the 18 per 10,000, okay? Mm-hmm. One in 800 chance. How many parents are lining up for their kids to get this? How how many are are aware of this this scenario at play? Probably not as many as that should be. Most mom and dads won't allow their five-year-old to walk across the street by themselves, right? Why? Because doing so increases what? their potential to be hit by a car because they don't have the capacity to understand what they need to do to accomplish walking across the road safely. Yet they'll line their kids up to get a jab in which they have a 1 in 800 chance. By the way, much greater, much greater, much, much, much greater chance of that happening than getting hit by a car. Also, you have a much greater chance of an adverse event happening here than your kid getting kidnapped. You know, you look back 
Pat, before your time, Adam Walsh and some of these individuals, right? Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, I was lucky enough that we lived in a rural enough area. Now that's been built up a lot more, but, but, um, an area in which go ride your bikes, go play in the dirt. Don't come home until the sun's coming down. Right. Right. I was lucky enough, but America had been that everywhere on every street corner in every city, right? You would see people playing stickball in the streets of New York City and yada, 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 right? Uh, I remember because I, you know, grew up in the 90s and we still had that. But, but, right, you had that. But what changed? Adam Walsh, right? Adam Walsh in his case where um, he went missing and I believe it was either the severed hand or head, I can't remember which one it was, sent to the family. Scared the bejesus out of everybody that that could happen to your child could be kidnapped just playing in the street and innocence lost, right? America, mm-hmm. you can point to that moment. All of a sudden, boom, doors are locked. Don't go outside. Scared the bejesus out of whole swaths of America. It also started America's Most Wanted, right? The whole Adam's Law and, and um, uh, was it Steve Walsh? Not Steve Walsh. Um, who was the host of America's Most Wanted, Pat? It's Adam Walsh's dad, okay? Uh, That's how he, he Walsh? was just a, huh? Is it Joe, Joe Walsh? No, that's the Eagles. No. I'm looking it up. Joe Walsh. I'm looking it up. Leave me alone. Take it easy. Take it easy. John Walsh. Yes. I knew it was a J. Yep. John Walsh. Yep. Also a really great advocate for this. But anyway. The point of the matter is this, right, Pat? That America's innocence snapped in a moment in which one kid being kidnapped and having a body part sent to mommy and daddy, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, can't go outside. Holy sh... No, 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 no. But you're going to put that Pfizer jab right in their body. You're going to line them up. You don't want them to take the risk of going outside playing and interacting and being social for the fear of, oh, they might have a body part severed, right? But you're willing to take the chance of them being hospitalized, potentially dead, having a heart condition that will affect them for the rest of their lives for a virus that has no impact on them at all. In fact, dare I say this, Pat, they are much more likely to have a 1 in 8 million chance of dying compared to 1 in 800 of them going to the hospital. Which one are you going to take as a parent, right? I'll take the 1 in 8 million, thank you. Exactly, and why? Because it's about taking and looking at the risk profile, right? Mm -hmm. Risk-reward. Is the risk worth the reward? Can you take a huge risk and can it pay off? You don't know the outcome, right? But what if I told you you could know the statistical probability of a outcome? 
Where's anybody talking about this? Anybody. I haven't even seen Steve Dace talk about this on his program, Pat. I haven't seen anybody on the right, anybody in libertarian circles talking about this. A 1 in 800 chance of an adverse, a severe adverse event. This isn't I got the snivels. This is I had something so wrong with me, I had to go to the hospital or I died. Yet you're willing to put that poison into your child's body or your own body. And by the way, hey, you want to put that poison in, in your body? What have we said as an adult? You want to do that? That Dems your choices as an adult. Just like I think as, you know, you want to take heroin, put that in your body, don't expect me to feel bad when you get strung out and die. Or you, you take that hit and you go, oh, oopsies. Well, guess what? Risk, reward. That wasn't such a great reward, was it? This is dumb, for real. We are so dumb as a society. Uh, do you remember the... I don't know if you. I don't know if you remember this. this. This would have been back from when I was in college. Um, there was a YouTube video of a dude saying, "You know, hide your kids, hide your wife." You, you know which one I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. Uh, it's it's going to be more like hide your kids, hide your wife, because they're trying to jab everybody up in here. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Um, j just for the sake of transparency, though, for our listeners, I mean, because I know we pulled this off of X. Where did this study actually come from? I'm actually, um, I believe it's the too. Journal of American. Um, let me just take a look here. I think it's the it's I think it's JAMA, but it is an abstract of an article, um, and it was published August thirty first of twenty twenty two was the or the clinical trial took place in last year, and we're just getting the data. Just getting the data. Okay. Yep. I just, what in the absolute hell? This is a real medical journal study, folks. And you're not willing to pay attention, but but believe science, right? Uh, we're still there, Pat. Here's, here's the worst part about it. You know, and I, I'm not saying this applies to everyone, but it just kind of makes me think that just not enough people care. They they want the comfort and safety of a quote unquote vaccine, right? Or the potential of a vaccine, rather than just dealing with the reality of hey, there's a serious disease out there. Mm -hmm. If any one of us get it at any at any one point in time, we could have serious adverse effects from said disease, and so we want we want safety and comfort from that, mm -hmm. rather than. And by the way. I, I'm going to recommend this. Um, Dr. Peter McCullough appeared on Steve Dace's program today. He's somebody you should be listening to. He has been way more right than wrong on all of this. Way more right from a scientific standpoint. All I'm going to tell you is you better get right with Jesus. You better get right with your affairs. Because, whoa, that's all I'm going to tell you. So listen to it. Watch it, whatever. Uh, not not above endorsing somebody else's great work, right? Can't top it. We're likely never getting Peter McCullough on this program. But 
Pay attention to what he has to say. Take heed. Because it's not just about this vaccine. It's not just about this new booster, right, that's out there. It's not about that. What it's about is their ability to control medicine, their ability to control distribution of medicine, right? What do you think is going to happen when they realize that cheap drugs can do a lot of wonders? They uh, Oh, wait, you mean like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a horse dewormer. Horse pills. Are you, are you telling me? Are, are you telling me that they are going to reg, start regulating the distribution of those drugs to where you can't get them? You're going to have to listen to Peter McCullough. Hmm. So, um, Jay's case, check it out online as well. Um, get yourself right. Prepare yourself now so you don't have to worry about it in the future. That's all I'm going to say. I think it's a fascinating interview. Go check it out. That's a. Uh, Dr. Peter McCullough on the Steve Dace program uh, from Thursday. So uh, with that being said, though, Pat, um, this show is called Critical Thinking, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, Most days. Yes. Some people would. (laughs) Yes. But I have a question for you. Uh, As we look at the circus in Washington, D.C., right? Is there any bigger circus than the Biden crime family? Um, I mean, you could make the argument, and I'm not saying that this is true. You could make the argument that what's going on within the GOP right now is a much bigger circus than the Biden crime family because there's no plan. See, I would just call that a a crap show, <laughs> not a circus. I mean, sure, sure. I, that, that's fair. There are a lot of clowns involved, so I see where you're going, but I... I I, I will say this. I can't think of anything that's a bigger circus than the Biden crime family. Because here we are. I want to I want to play critical thinking with something that the left is doing right now when it comes to the Biden crime family. Because I, I have to ask you, Pat, have you noticed a refrain kind of coalescing over the last week or so in regards to the... House Oversight Committee, the impeachment inquiries, and all of those things. It, it, it does seem to have been quieter for some reason. But have you seen a coalescing of message? No. I don't know that we've ever seen that yet with this. I have. I have noticed it. From the, mm. the supposed bully pulpit of the White House press secretary room to uh, people in Congress to MSNBC, CNN, um, to other people. And it goes something like this. Look, how can we, there, is it a crime to, to love your son unconditionally? That's all this is. Namely, right, quote, I would say, I've heard, heard this refrain. This is all just a father loving his son unconditionally, there's never anything that's untoward about can can you love your son too much? Have you heard that before I answer your question? Put your hand down. Have yes, you yes, heard I, that? I have. I, I have heard that. Yes. Okay, I've heard it way more over the last ten days or so than at any time ever before. 
So I wanted to critically think through this defense, if you will, from the Biden crime family, because that's what this is. Make no mistake about it. When you've got the White House, MSNBC, CNN, and others literally parroting this information. And by the way, if you've ever been involved in like mainstream media, this is how this works. You get talking points and, and you get to talking those talking points. You go out there and you do our bidding, Blackie. Right? Yes. Okay. Now let's. Let me ask you this. Well, actually, you had a question. Well, I mean, you were talking about unconditional love, and maybe maybe we save this for the end of this discussion. But my thing is this: as a guy that's about to become a dad. Okay. I've, I've actually put some thought into this just because I I'm weird. And I like to think about all the what ifs of, of parenting and raising a kid and and what he's going to be like as an adult and all this sort of stuff. Right. Folks, Pat only's kid is going to be very, he's going to be totally well adjusted and normal. (laughs) No, he's not. We've already, my wife and I actually have already talked about this too. We, we, we've, uh, Long since decided that uh, this kid is going to be effed up by the time he's an adult. Because he's going to be fed a steady diet of Marvel comics, Star Wars, and uh, and Harry Potter. Uh, well, wife's Harry Potter. I'm Star Wars. And I'm more of a DC guy, thank you. Though the movies do suck. So... I digress. Anyway, well, I, I was thinking about this idea of if if my son were to commit a crime, mm-hmm. whether that's from something like petty theft or murder, for example, you know, and, and anything in any anywhere in between. If I love my son unconditionally, I want justice to be done. If that means locking his sorry butt up in prison and letting him serve out whatever sentence is handed down to him, that is the best thing I can do for him. Because, and that's if he's guilty, by the way. If he's actually guilty of these things, then, yeah, that is the best thing I can, because I he needs he needs the help, he needs to be reformed, he needs, and, and everything in between. I would absolutely let that happen. To me, that is more unconditional love than sitting here trying to defend someone that I know is guilty. It's not that I it's not that I want my son to go to prison, by the way. I mm-hmm. don't want that. No parent is going to want their kid, no matter what they've done, to go to prison. But that doesn't mean what you want and what's actually best for him are the same thing. What is best for them and doing what is best for them, that's unconditional. Yeah, I... I a thousand percent agree with you, and and let's deal with that in a second because I want to deal with this as a pure defense because this is what sure. this is. Okay, mm-hmm. it is you. How dare you question a father's love for his son? Okay, that's the defense, right? Right. That has nothing to do with what's being alleged. Nothing. Quite literally nothing. What is being alleged by the impeachment inquiry, Pat? Let's critically think through this defense. Because to me, I'm okay if if you want to say that 
Joe Biden is being persecuted because he loved his son enough to, what, commit crimes with him? Is that where we're going with this? Okay. So I want I want to think about this, right? I, I, I struggle with the defense period because it's already moving the goalposts, right? Well, yes. Does anybody question that Joe Biden loves his son or loved any of his? In fact, some might say he has been a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, a little uh, too in the love with family members. Okay. Potentially, yes. Alleged. You know, yes, alleged would be the better word there. You're correct. In a diary that allegedly leaked out. Now, all of that having been said, what does this have to do with Joe Biden peddling his position as vice president of the United States or high-ranking senator from the great state of Delaware. Pat, uh, I'm going to... I got nothing. I got nothing. No. Okay, let's... For a hypothetical sake, right... Going back to the example that I just kind of gave of what what I would do, um, his son's committing all of these allegedly committing all of these 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 crimes, right? Does that mean that Joe Biden doesn't love his son because his son committed all these crimes? No, of course not. No one's no. I don't know of anyone that's actually saying that. What's being alleged is not the same thing. What's being alleged is he, he apparently. Um, allegedly committed these crimes with his son. Do, do you remember the phrase two wrongs don't make a right? Uh-huh. So, so if you love your son so much that you yourself are going to put yourself in a compromising position, does that have anything to do with your, your love for your son? No, it, no, it does not everything to do with your judgment. So, right. I, I'll say this, right. When, when you've got two drug addicts, right, who are in a relationship, is that good? No. It's horrible. Why? Because they tend to uh, relapse, and then when one relapses, so Because they're the codependent, other. right? They're dependent right. on each yeah. other. Mm-hmm. And when one thing goes bad, the other slips up, blah, 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 blah. Right. I would argue that what we see is not a father loving his son or loving his son too much or unconditionally. We've got, actually, that's the the third possibility, and I dismiss it out of hand. What we have is either a father who is the enabler for his son and is thus a codependent, right? If you were to talk to, to interventionists and people who, who do this for a living, that's the dynamic that's at play here, okay? Almost kind of like chosen enabler. On the drug front, absolutely. But what we're really seeing is codependence. It's Joe Biden's addicted to money and power. Hunter Biden is addicted to hookers, blow, money, and power. Right? Yeah, sure. Okay. 
if daddy loved his son unconditionally and daddy knew that his son was attempting to sell his vice presidency, right, to not just enrich Hunter Biden, but also put money into Joe Biden's pocket. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's a big no-no, right? Well, yeah. that, that So if you're not a codependent... Isn't it the unconditional and the loving thing to do? Say to say, no, we're not doing this. No, the codependent thing to do is, oh, this is a way for me to help my son out financially, and maybe I can pie in the sky deal with his addictions. Two birds, one stone, right? Except for that's not how this goes down and not how it's ever going to go down. No. So I don't think this is about love for his son at all. I think this is the worst defense at all, of all time uh, from a scandal perspective. How dare you question the love of a father for his son? He is the dumbest defense ever. Because what is being alleged is that his son, he was using his son. That's what's being alleged in reality, if you think about this, from a crime family perspective, right? Well, you know the mafia, uh, the mafiosos, right? You know the mafia. It is, you've got the Don. You've got the head of the, the family, right? Then you've got your consigularies. And then you've got your capos, right? You've, so you've got layers upon layers, right? Turns out that Hunter Biden is likely just what? A consigulary. A.K.A. the gopher. He's got deep familial ties, right? Deep love for the Don. Except for the Don's the one that's sitting back there doing none of the bloody work and getting all of the money or half the money, or whatever arrangements out there. That's why we call it the Biden crime family, because it's literally, when you see the the paper trail, when you see the, the wire transfers and this and that, right? When you see the actual evidence in front of us, and by the way, the House Oversight Committee has done a really great job of producing the physical documents, right? And the physical evidence that they can to this point. What you see is, a group of people doing a bunch of work for the big guy getting a cut of all of it. So that then also, on top of it, um, they get favorable business dealing. 
not just with Burisma, but also in China and Romania and elsewhere. I, I just, I am wholly struggling with this entire concept. He's only guilty of loving his son too much. No. We, what we're alleging is he is guilty of money laundering, influence peddling, and tampering with investigations. And as to your point of the unconditional love, let's let's end this on this. I wholeheartedly agree with your analysis. Unconditional love is you don't sit there and say, good job, you're in jail. Unconditional love would be, okay, how can I help you get out of that situation in the future? How can I, do you realize what you did? Do you realize what what you're putting yourself and the family through? You, you're still there. You're still, hey, I'm here. I'll talk with you. I'll be there. You don't shut them out, right? That's right. how you deal with this. Also, how you deal with addicts. Sometimes tough love. Sometimes sometimes you hold them tight. Sometimes That's all part and parcel of what? Unconditional love. So the other part that's really tough for a lot of the Joe Biden enabler, codependent type individuals is what? Letting them fail. Instead, he gets hooked into... Here's the defense that I would make. Let's put it this way. Joe Biden's unconditional love for his son led him to do things that he otherwise would never do. He was blinded by his love and his want to to give his son a better shot at life. That's the defense I would make. I'm not saying that that that's a winning defense. That's the defense that I would make because it's the it actually deals with the issues that are in front of you, right? You're saying, "Hey, you know what? I did the, these things were done, yes, out of my unconditional love of my son, but they're done from blind love." And I made mistakes that enabled him to make more mistakes, and I take responsibility for enabling his lifestyle, his behavior, whatever. But I never took the step of of influencing anything. Right? I'm innocent. I'm innocent of influencing. I'm only guilty of enabling. But what? I, I, I hear where you're going with that too. By the way, I'm what, not what, saying what, Pat that that makes logical sense. That's not what I'm saying. I am okay. saying this is the defense you have to make to, to the allegations that are in front of you because the current defense of unconditional love doesn't even deal with the issue. But but the thing is they won't they won't make that argument because it, on some level isn't that an admission of guilt? Let me ask you this, Pat: Are the American people forgiving? They certainly can be. Hell yeah, they are. They elected Donald damn Trump. That's true. To the presidency of the United States of America. It's all you need to know. Question for you. Was Deion Sanders a horrible, terrible, off-the-field human being when he was playing football and baseball? The answer to that is I don't remember, yes. I don't remember that far yes. back enough to... 
I, yeah, so you're going to be the answer. He was sleeping with whomever one. he wanted, whenever he wanted, however he wanted, wherever he wanted, and he would let you know about it, right? He would do all sorts of crazy shit, right? Is he not one of the most celebrated people in sports today? Yeah. Yes. All because why? He has a different image. Whether you believe that image to be manufactured or real, it's not for me to judge. He's changed. Forgiveness. But his forgiveness came with what? Change and repentance. See, this is the thing that people miss with forgiveness, if we if I want to go here for just a second, is that forgiveness isn't an automatic, right? Right. People just automatically say, you must forget. No. the cheat, Even in the lesson in which Jesus Christ tells his uh, disciples that they need to look out against the Jewish law, right? The Jewish law that you, you, you can forgive up to seven times, right? And he says seven times 77, which... If you really know the the Greek and Hebrew translation, it is likely 7,777 times, okay? So they're talking about all of these things. And what what's the point? But Jesus says that you forgive, you forgive, you forgive. You constantly forgive. Why? Because people deserve the ability to repent of their sin. And this is why I think I said they, they can be is because, well, if if there's forgiveness without repentance, it, it's going to be kind of hard to let all that go. America will forgive anything. Hmm. They will. I, I haven't seen an unforgivable situation in American history. Not one. Name one person. Name one. I can't. Hmm. Not my, not in our lifetime. Maybe Jeffrey Dahmer, Ed Gein, somewhere in that realm. But even then, many people forgive them of their sin, right, and their sickness. But it, it comes from acknowledgement. And that's my point. That's where I'm going with this: is that the acknowledgement that this looks bad, right? But I didn't do what they're alleging that I did. I'm going to acknowledge that, yes, I wanted to to put my son in the best position possible to right his own ship. And by putting him in positions to garner money, you know, all that power, all that stuff, right? Is that a crime? To be able to use my connections to further my son's life? No, it happens all the time. It's called nepotism. It sucks. I hate when it happens when people that are right for the job or good for the job are passed over just because daddy and mommy had a name or money or influence or whatever have you, right? There's a difference between nepotism for the sake of unconditional love and what the Biden crime family is alleged to have done, right? But if I'm Joe Biden... What's more forgivable, falling on the sword or going down O.J. Simpson style? Shit, people uh, are people these. people fawn over O.J. Simpson all the time now, and mm. the dude is an absolute murderer. Yeah, he's. They'll like I said, they'll never do it. 
they'll never do it. It's the right path I mean, to how you get out but of it's this situation. The right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fall on the sword a little bit and acknowledge that I am guilty of enabling my son in his habits and his bad behavior because I unconditionally love my son and want to see him succeed. That's the uh, that's the part of the first argument that they're making that makes sense. Use the unconditional love, but you're not using it correctly. A lot of people would eat that up. It. Yeah, a lot of people would eat that message up too. And I, I would even bet that you would see his uh, approval ratings even improve after that as well. Hundred percent. Instead, they're not dealing with the reality that's facing them in any way, shape, or form. Which, again, codependents, enablers. The enabled, that's, this is classic, classic, toxic, um, codependent, um, either alcoholic or addict behavior. This is literally the, like, they are a walking, living, breathing A&E intervention episode. It's rough to watch, right? It, it really is. So with that being said, though, Pat, I think now would be a great time for us to get on to uh, some NFL and some college football. Are you ready for some picks? Let's do it. Because this week we've got one, two, three, four, five, a pick six in the Big Ten in college football. Starting on Friday night, we get... Two of the most disappointing teams in the Big Ten this year, for my money, Nebraska and Illinois. Going at it at Memorial Stadium in Champaign, Illinois. Both of them 2-3 and 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 0-2 in the Big Ten. Um, Luke Altmaier has got to be the most disappointing quarterback transfer in all of college football. That dude sucks. Yeah. I think he's got, what, five touchdowns and seven interceptions or something around there. He's got more INTs than TDs, and that's a problem as a quarterback. Yeah. Nebraska also has had quarterback issues, but I think everybody kind of expected that, right? <laughs> yeah, Talent-wise, that's true. I don't get why Illinois is where they are. I, I just don't. I don't get it. Like, they've struggled mightily. At home, I'm picking Illinois in this game. They're at home. That's the only reason why. Um, I have no... I think Matt Rule is rock-bottoming this program, and he has to. But I also think he realizes he's going to have to start doing the Luke Fickle uh, evaluation and get high-end transfers into that program next year. I, I agree. It's bad. bad I agree. Bad, bad. I, I would go I would go with Illinois in this one as well. And then we got the eleven AM uh for my money, the biggest game this weekend in the Big Ten. The five and zero Maryland Terrapins against the four and fourth ranked Ohio State Buckeyes Memorial or uh, Ohio Stadium in Columbus. This is the do or die for Maryland test. Maryland's defense has been fantastic. Uh uh, Tonga, or is it Tonga? Uh, Tua's brother. I'm not sure how to say his name, but he's the brother of Tua. Yeah, he's thrown for over 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns, just three interceptions on the season. 
Obviously, you got Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, the uh, Hemby, the running back from Maryland, has actually been a nice surprise. He's got 300 yards, four touchdowns on the season so far on just 64 carries. That's a really nice number that you're looking at there. Um, it's Ohio State at home. Maryland, I think, is a very good team. I think they could be a surprise kind of top three uh, type of a team. Uh, don't sleep on Maryland. They've got a really good defense. I just, I got to go Ohio State in this matchup. Uh, I'm doing the same thing. I mean, uh, this is this is one of the games I had circled on Ohio State scheduled as like this is a potential sleeper game. I think this that is the best team Maryland has ever had. Uh, I wouldn't um, say by ever. far. I would say in our lifetimes, yes. Okay, maybe in our lifetimes, but they've had some. Good my, ones. my my point my point is this. I looked at Maryland's schedule. They haven't played anybody yet. This is their their first real test of the season on the road, in the horseshoe. In a very hostile environment, you, you, Ohio State's been here before. They're going to win yeah. that game. Uh, however, I think it's going to be closer than what people think. Uh, I think yeah, it's going to be I, I, no more than 14. Yeah, I think it's maybe maybe two scores at best. At best. At best. Um, I think Maryland takes them right, right down to the wire. Um, now, speaking of somewhat surprising, we've got the 4-1 Rucker Scarlet Knights suddenly blazing a trail. And by the way, don't, don't, don't just read the score from last weekend's Michigan game, by the way. Because if you do, yeah. you might think that that was an ass whooping, and it wasn't. It was not in any way, shape, or form. Michigan was having serious trouble with Rutgers right up until one play turned that game around in the fourth quarter, about midway through the fourth. And then they blew the doors off of them in the last 15 or so minutes. But Rutgers looks like a team playing good, solid defense against Wisconsin 3-1, and 1-0 and in the Big Ten I, I got to go Wisconsin at home in this matchup. Um, the offense is going to be too much. Um, missing Ches Malusi for the rest of the year is really a big deal for the Badgers. Um, that that one-two punch with Braylon Allen and him were yikes. So, uh, but Rutgers doesn't have it on offense now. Wisconsin's got some defensive issues here, but I think you also can't read into these early season records. You got to wait until mid October, I think, before you really yeah. start. Oh, okay. Well, uh, okay. These teams are probably for real or not because you can stack up some wins against Wagner, like Rutgers did, or you could play Washington State on the road, like Wisconsin did, and show your ass to everybody, like they did. But anyway, yeah, I, I would go with Wisconsin here too, just for the sake of it's in Madison. Rutgers does look like a very competent football team, like they're getting things turned around there under Greg Schiano. Yep. I think this will be closer than than usual. But I, I would say Wisconsin by at least one score. All right. Then we move to the 2 o'clock game on BTN. Howard versus Northwestern. This would be peak Northwestern if they found a way to win. They're, they're two and three. They've won two games. They, they would find a way to win two games and then lose to Howard. Howard. Is, is that a big bank theory reference? Yes, yes it is. Okay, just just making sure we're thinking the same thing here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is, look, Northwestern, you better win this at home. You, you better. Otherwise, get your ass out of the Big Ten. Yeah, if, you, if they lose this game, they need to leave the Big Ten. You can't. You cannot show your face in the Big Ten and lose to Howard. No, 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 nope. Yeah. All right, then at two thirty on Peacock, we get Purdue at Iowa. 
Purdue's looking better. They're getting better. Iowa's defense way too strong for me. Um, you also have to look at the fact that it's very likely that uh, Cade McNamara is not going to be around for a couple of weeks at, at bare minimum. And so they actually looked better on offense without Cade McNamara. Figure that one out. Hmm. With a former Badger at quarterback, which is a juicy story for next week, which is Iowa-Wisconsin, the battle for the uh, uh, the Heartland Trophy. Um, yeah, I, I, I was actually going to go with Purdue in this one for the sake of, you know, they, they did lose Cade McNamara. I, I'm not impressed with the Ferentz, uh, Nobody is. Sons offense. Nobody you know, is. So, Nobody um, is, but they did I, look better last week without McNamara in the game. Which is, which is surprising. Cause I thought that was going to be a better addition compared to what they had last year. Yep, yep. You would think that. So yeah. we're on Brian Ferentz. Can he average 25 points a game? Watch. And so far, that ain't happening. But Purdue has shown a propensity for some really stupid play. Um, and Iowa's defense is locked down still this year. Cooper DeGene, one of my favorite players in the Big Ten to watch, by the way, the safety number three for Iowa. Check him out. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think we're both going Iowa in this game. Yeah, I think ultimately, yes. Speaking of, uh, this one should be a no-brainer. At 6.30 on NBC, the number two Michigan Wolverines at 5-0 taking on the mighty Minnesota Golden Gophers, 3-2 on the season in the battle for the Little Brown Jug. Duh, this is going to be Michigan. uh, Unless something absolutely insane goes on in this game. Minnesota has been way too, way too mediocre for me to to even sniff. For my money... Arguably, yes, they're ranked number two. I would put them in the top two in the country. That's how good they look. Michigan in the top two? Yeah. They have played like garbage. Look look what happened against Bowling Green. They played like freaking garbage in that game. Yeah, they won, but it was was so garbage. So are your Buckeyes. I'm going Minnesota. I, I honestly, I think Minnesota could pull this off. It is. They at are home. at home. Yeah, they have a history it, it of weird possible. things happening in in uh, in trophy games as of late. Now, on paper, on paper, Michigan should win this game, but but with how they've played, I think this is going to be. Cl- I think this will be closer than what people think. But I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I, I'm going with Minnesota with the upset. All right. Well, we agree on most, with the exception of that Minnesota-Michigan game. And shocker, Pat puts on his uh, scarlet and gray colored glasses. I, but I digress. we got to go to the NFL. So, obviously, our two teams, the Ravens, the Packers, your Ravens take on uh, our, arguably their arch nemesis, the Steelers. Well, that is their arch nemesis. Mm-hmm. Make Some no might mistake. say it is also the Cincinnati Bengals as of late. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah. But the historical rivalry between the Ravens and Steelers since the Ravens became a thing in, what, 99 or 2000? 99, right? 99. Yeah. Um, the Ravens taking down the Steelers. In Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. Maybe Kenny Pickett. Maybe not. Uh, he was taken off the list 
so to speak, this week. Um, I think today. So we'll see. Um, I I don't trust the Steelers I'm offense. Going, I'm going Lamar Jackson, the Ravens offense all day on this one. Here's the problem. That Steelers defense is freaking good. Oh, they, they, they historically have always had a good defense, but I'm still going. Yeah, I'm going to go Ravens in this one offense. because there's more firepower on offense. Just mm. that simple. All right, so the other game that we need to talk about is going to take place early in the morning, especially for you on the West Coast, where the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Buffalo Bills take on each other in London. How does Jacksonville get to play two weeks in a row in London? This is their agreement. This has been their agreement for the longest time. By the way, the the NFL signed on the dotted line with my Tottenham Hotspur, so thank you for the money. We appreciate the uh, the uh, bankroll to help fund new player recruitment. We we really appreciate that. But why Jacksonville? Because they own Fulham. They own Fulham Football Club in London. They they have a presence in London. The, the team, the, the owners of the Jacksonville Jaguars are also the owners of Fulham FC. Oh, I didn't, I didn't, so I didn't know that, but just like, really? That would be why. Also, what other team has a dear fan base? <clears throat> None is the answer. <laughs> yes. yes, go ahead and at me, all of you diehard Duval fans out there. I'll wait for all 10 of you. <laughs> yeah, talk to talk to a Packer fan about Die Hard and yeah, okay. Uh mm-hmm. anyway, um Jags Bills, this is a quietly intriguing matchup, very quietly intriguing matchup for me. Um you never know what happens with these international games, right? Right. Um Jags are at two and two. The Bills three and one. They looked much better last week. The Bills did than they have previously. This is a great quarterback matchup, by the way. Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen, two pretty solid defenses. These are. This is a really hard game to to know which way this is going. But um, if that Buffalo offense that showed up last week shows up this week, yeah, that's gonna be a fun one. I I have Stephon Diggs and their defense on my fantasy team. I have Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Oh, lucky you. Yeah. First, so. first win of the season last week because of those two. Hmm. Anyway, um, Jags, Bills. I got to go Bills in this matchup. Uh, I think it's a well. sneaky matchup, though, so watch out. Um, but, yeah. Um, I'm going and then, of course, I think we got to talk about the the third best NFC rivalry out there. And that's the Cowboys. And the Niners. Yes, the Cowboys and 49ers. What's the first best one? Well, that's easy. It's Packers-Bears. Regardless of how good either one of those teams are or aren't, it is the best rivalry in all of professional football by a mile. So what's the second one then? In in the NFC? Yeah. Uh, Historically, I'd say Redskins-Cowboys. That's okay. been a great I, rivalry. I, okay, uh, fair. Especially because they all they a little more nostalgia than right now, obviously. But um, yeah, that that that's a great one. Totally a great one. You could also look at Packers Vikings as a uh, another option there, but 
Cowboys, I was say, 49ers, just because they don't play each other enough right now, mm-hmm. um, outside of hope, hoping that they both finish in the same spot in their division, you know, mm-hmm. they might only play each other every four years. Um, so this is going to be a great, great matchup, though. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, you've got the uh, Cowboys, the Niners, undefeated 49ers, 4-0. 3-1 and one uh, Dallas Cowboys, looking like an and, offensive juggernaut all of a sudden. I was going to say, NFC uh, <laughs> divisional round ma- rematch from last year. Correct, correct. Um, let's just put it this way. San Francisco's on a freaking roll. Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. Oh, and then the most fearsome front seven in all of the NFL on defense. <laughs> Uh, former Buckeye Nick Bosa leading the way on that one. Yep, yep. Um, I'm going 49ers at home all day, every day. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, and I think the line is something like minus four for this game for all of those of you who like your entertainment purposes only action. I could see this being an absolute slugfest in the trenches, though. Oh, 100%. I don't expect this to be much higher scoring than like somewhere 24-21. I don't see in the 30s at all, but I could be wrong. And then Monday night, my Green Bay Packers round out all of the action by taking on the Las Vegas Raiders, in which I'm going to guess that Allegiant Stadium is about 75% Packer fans. So it's going to be Paco Huedos on Monday night? That That is correct. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay. Jordan Love, almost 1,000 yards on the season. Uh, eight touchdowns, three interceptions. We're getting a healthier Will Jimmy G play is the question. See, I don't know. This is this is why this is a tough one for me. Jimmy G not playing means ain't going to happen. That, that, <laughs> that offense is hot garbage without him. That's if he doesn't play. And, and by the way, with him, they haven't been, been garbage. Yeah. <laughs> They're right. one in three. Yeah. The roller coaster of the Packers too. season continues, and it's going to go up. Yeah, Not I'm going to I'm going to pick, I'm going to go with your Packers in this one. Yep. yep. Not by a lot, but I'm going to go with your Packers in this one. Yeah, I think well, I don't trust the defense. I trust the offense more than the defense for the Packers by a mile. That's my problem with this matchup. But ultimately, I see more progress from Jordan Love every single week, um, to where. I can see him developing himself into an elite level quarterback down the road. He's not there yet. Not there yet. He's, get, he's, getting, he's there. getting there. He's in the conversation for probably top 10, top 15. He's at least in the top half of the entire National Football League quarterback pool. He's Already. back up on the fantasy team, by the way. Yeah, it's not a bad pick, especially on weekends where he's producing at a high level, right? Mm hmm. Like I said, he's already got eight touchdowns on the season, and we're only four games in. That's an average if you're playing at home of two touchdowns a game. All you and with that, Pat, um, your final thoughts on today's show? <sighs> Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And hide your kids, hide your wife, because they'd be trying to jab everybody up in here. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. And unconditional love doesn't mean enabling also make sure you eat all of your meals today and as always matthew 547 planning for your next trip 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.